going to have a long relationship with our friend Chad here, so get used to him. You're going to love him as much as I do. That's so sweet. Dar- I just wanted to say something about Daryl. Daryl could lead worship for me with one string left on his guitar, and I'd be just fine with it. And let me tell you why. Because I've been around for a while. I, I'm way older than I look. Don't ask. But I, I brought a gift for you this time. I brought a gift. It's my daughter, Victoria. Okay. So, uh, and when I, when I say I brought a gift, she's staying with y'all. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> Part of the story that Daryl didn't tell you is when Bethany... Was uh, when my daughter Victoria was just a baby. She was just, right after she was born. Bethany came to stay with us and be a nanny to us and go to our school. And so Bethany lived in our basement, went to our school, and during the day helped after school would take care of help help my wife with our kids. We have five kids, and so now here we are, 18 years later, <laughs> and uh, I am bringing my daughter to leave her here, and she's going to be a blessing to Bethany and Daryl and. And I'll be here with y'all. Y'all take care of her, okay? I'm from Georgia. I will come back. No, thank you. I, I, down, down at home, people are saying, you're sending her to Boston? I mean, that's scary, isn't it? No, no. And let me tell you why. Because I was here with you. Because I know Bethany and Daryl. Because I know you people will and Daryl lead worship in my office at least once a day. <laughs> on the computer. Awesome. Yeah? I want to go, I mean, every time. <laughs> to the plate. Just, just listen That's to awesome. it all. And, and because I know your hearts and I was here and connected with you sweet people, I know Izzy will protect her. See, I know y'all got her back, so it's a good thing. And I, I'm very excited to... to to sow her to y'all, and I know that she's going to be blessed big time. I know God's fixing to rock her world being here with y'all. Amen. Amen. It's a blessing. So, um, I, I, I want to share with you a word quickly tonight. I, I'm, I'm not in a hurry, but it's not a long one. And I'm not one of those preachers that has to have a long word. Let me tell you the other thing about me. I got out of the Revelation competition. I got out of it a while back, so I don't have like I don't have like a new revelation for you. And if you're new and you haven't been around, there's some folks in the church that have gotten real religious about I got a new revelation. For I've been I've been in the presence of God and I've got something nobody's ever heard. I'm kinda I'm like there's not a lot. I mean, in fact, there's nothing that no one's heard. It's just kind of twisted around to make it cutesy, and and and, and so you just kind of look stupid when you say that. You know, there's not. Well, brother, revelation is progressive. Yeah, it is, but it's always been there. You're just finally catching on to it, <laughs> right? And so I don't have. So you just sit back if you think I'm trying to give you something hard tonight. Like you've really got to wrap your brain around this one. No, no. But it's a very simple word. But I really am praying. And and also I didn't just come with. And this is a message I preached twelve places. When I got in prayer, I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say to my friends there tonight? And so. What, what the Lord began to speak to me about is something He's talked to me about many times, and it's about the common factor for all revivals that have happened in the past. And, and here's the common factor. They're all gone. <laughs> they all happened, and poof, they're gone. Come on. And, and, and so I started studying. And this is not real spiritual. I just started studying. It's real interesting to find, like, uh, you know how many revivals? I could go through a list. I could tell you about the revivalist that everybody loves to preach about, but nobody likes to quote that he died an alcoholic. Mm. 
I could tell you about the one who died in abject poverty. His wife died, starved to death because they couldn't eat. Great revival, huh? I could tell you about revivals. The one that, that over 300,000 people came to the Lord under his ministry, and then a woman invited him into his house, began to control his ministry, and he died of pneumonia. I, come on, I can talk. Let's talk about revival. Wow, those are good ones, huh? They all have something in common, and that's they did not last. And so I've been crying out to God, I don't want just some kind of move. I want to learn to live and move and have my being in the kingdom of God. And flow out of revival that is constant and continual. So what I've been seeking and asking God is, help me be aware all the time of any ounce of compromise. So I want to give you something from the Lord tonight. Now, I'm quoting out of this Bible, this is really it, but because... Today, it is very, everywhere I go, we do dim lighting. I get it. And I will look really old if I bring out my flashlight. So I'm not doing that. So it really is scriptures out of the Bible, but I have to type them up. Everybody with me? Still love me? Yes. Good, good. All right, here we go. From Galatians 5, 7 through 9. You were running well. On the way here, I saw people jogging. Do you not see the white stuff falling out there? I, I wanted to call Bethany and say, sorry, I can't make it. You know what we do when that stuff falls in Georgia? Nothing. You stay home. I know, it's crazy. We don't have snow plows. You are running well. Those people were running, jogging well in the snow. You were running well. Who hindered you? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion... Is not from him who calls you. This persuasion, the persuasion that has hindered you from running, is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I want to talk just for a minute about compromise. Compromise comes in small doses, huh? I've never met anyone who backslid all in one day. <laughs> we like to pretend we go to pastor. I don't know, pastor. I don't know how it happened. I mean, I really was pressing in. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Because you quit coming to prayer, and then you were, and then like you weren't returning my calls. So, so really, this this compromise. Come on, somebody. Because uh, compromise doesn't just whop us upside the head one day. We eat it a little bite at a time. Well, I don't have to. Who hindered you? Who hindered you? I started an exercise program. Somebody said, praise God. <laughs> and I've got a long ways to go. But I'm telling you, something tries to hinder me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. <laughs> and when winter hit, I was like, ah, oh, you know, not so much. It's cold. And I don't really want to go out. And I got out, I got one morning, put on my jogging pants, and I'm going out to do my exercises. And, and I walked out, and this cold air hit me, and it hindered me. <laughs> And I went back in, I said, I can't do it, it's cold. <laughs> and then I was thinking, if I give in to that, on Monday it'll be even harder, and then Wednesday. You see, compromise deceives us just a little bit at a time. Speaks here of leaven. First he addresses the fact that they were running well. They were running well. Some of you may be sitting here tonight, and you know there was a time in your life where you were running well. 
You, you might have gone to a Carmen, con Carmen concert and gotten turned on fire for God. I mean, you heard the standard of righteousness. And, you were, and, and, and some of us know what it's like to run well for a month, a year, some of us for a week. But something hinders us. He, he addresses that. And then he says, you were fulfilling the call. You were doing it. You were obeying the truth. Obeying the truth, that means they were doing it. They were doing this stuff. That means they were listening to the words that the pastors were speaking, the apostles were teaching. They were hearing this stuff and they were obeying it. They were living and they were seeing fruit, but something hindered them. We have to be aware that the enemy is doing everything he can to hinder us from pressing on. He wants to impede our forward motion. Let me tell you something, as we are worshiping, I know that this community has been birthed out of a house of prayer. And, and some would say, well, that was kind of backwards way to do it. Well, no, it's the right way to do it. It's the right way to do it. In fact, every community, what we call a community, our church, fellowship of believers, should be birthed out of prayer. Because anything not birthed out of prayer, out of, out of intimacy, has no lasting fruit. But one of the things I see in compromise is that people are, once they start growing, they cut back on the prayer. Well, we just don't have time because we're doing other stuff now. Listen, we keep, if there's more stuff, then there's got to be more prayer. Amen. We don't cut back. Oh, what, Pastor, we're going to start this ministry. Is there prayer coverage for it? Nope, get that first, then we'll do that. <laughs> Not going to compromise there. Come on. Compromise. You were running well, you were running the race, but something or someone hindered you. They stopped you from obeying the truth. Here's the deal. It only takes a little compromise to cause us not to run well. It only takes us a little com compromise. And, and what is compromise? It's where you don't agree with God. It's not about not agreeing with your leaders. It's not about not agreeing with, with teaching. It's about not agreeing with God. Yeah, yeah, I know you say I'm supposed to love Him, but you know what? Not there yet. Oh, is that a choice? Do we get to choose not to forgive? Jesus said some pretty tough stuff about not forgiving your brother, right? And I didn't write it. I wouldn't have put it in there. I'd been like, yeah, there are probably some situations where you could like, hold on to a little. But Jesus said, you don't get any choice. You always got to forgive. And I'm going to take it even higher. If you don't forgive, Father, yeah, okay, wow. Oh, you know the scripture? He said, if you don't forgive, your Father in heaven won't forgive you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that didn't preach real well, huh? <laughs> and so any compromise where I've decided, you know what, okay, I forgive mostly, but this, this, this hurt or this bitterness right here, come on, I'm going to help somebody in the room tonight. Forgiving somebody is not about them. It's about you. And if you don't forgive, you are compromising and you're on a crash course for not running well. You're on a crash course for not... You're going to miss the mark. And you can think you're doing so well and you become deceived and you're not doing well and everybody around you knows you're not doing well but you're telling yourself you're doing well and then you've got to make up doctrines to explain why you're not doing well but you're alright not doing well and then you're going to start your own religion. <laughs> well, that was a long way from I'm running well. And the thing is, sometimes compromise in our life, we're the last ones to see it. There's a psalmist, he prayed this, Lord, search my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. It is a common prayer for me. Lord, 
Would you search my heart? Jeremiah, the student of Old Testament, a prophet who nobody ever listened to. You think you got it hard? The Lord told him, strip naked, cover yourself with poop and prophesy. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Crazy stuff. And nobody ever repented. He said this, the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Who can know it? And, and, and sometimes we get so, well, I, they ought to let me preach. I got a word from the Lord. And got, I'm really, I'm running, I'm running, I'm doing. And I just lay myself before the Lord and say, Lord, please search my heart. I'm here to love on you. And if you see anything wicked, this is the thing, the word wicked there is where we get the word wicker from. And wicker has to be wet over and over and over again so it can be bent. Do you see that the enemy wets you over and over and over again until he can bend you into the position he wants to cripple you? But I say, no, you're not going to cripple me. So I get into the presence of the Lord and say, soften my heart, oh God. Do you see any way where the enemy's trying to bend me? Search my heart, oh God. I don't want any amount of compromise. Can I tell you a bad story? Yes. Uh, you got to give me your permission. Yes. Yes. It's a bad, it's nasty. Is all right? Yes. When my kids were young, we started, we used this story on them. Oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> that was my daughter going, oh, where is he going now? She knows. Because sometimes our kids, we were pretty, I mean, my kids have been raised in the glory. Daryl is explaining, that was so, I mean, that was so sweet of you. But um, explaining what he experienced, that's what my kids have grown up in. And they experience that who we are at church, what you see is who we are, it's who we live, it's how we worship, the way we worship here is how we worship at home, and they've grown up in that. And sometimes my kids would come home and, uh, Daddy, Daddy, uh, this CD, I mean, uh, is it all if I have this in the house? I mean, there's a, it's not a Christian band, but there's a Christian in the band. <laughs> It's not Christian per se. I'm not, I'm not knocking your music. I'm talking about my children. I didn't raise y'all. I'm talking about when I raised them. And we just had some standards. If it glorifies God, let's rock it. If it don't, probably need to stay away. And so the kids would say, yeah, but daddy, it's just the beat or it's just the, I just, you know, I don't listen to the lyrics. <laughs> you know, I, and I remember, and I'm, I'm finna bust somebody. There was a certain series about twinkling people. That yeah. bit. <laughs> and that thing, I was just like, mm, Twilight, come on. Yeah. You're the smart people. <laughs> and I, I I was just like, mm, I don't know, not yeah. so much. Something about that. <laughs> not in my house. I just, not in my house. Not in my house. And so one day, I just happened to go up, upstairs in my daughter's bedroom, and I'm looking for something, and I look. What the what? He who? What is? It wasn't her. I'm not gonna tell you for him. I said, mm, "Oh no, sir, no." Sir. I, she got home. I said, "Let me ask you something. Where'd you get that?" Oh, a friend of mine. She. I'm sorry. I said, "You get this out of my house, and if you want to read it, you go with it." I said, you know. No. And so we had this story. We always told him when it came to compromise. I would say, hey baby, I baked you some brownies. I baked you some brownies. Now I want you to know, 99.9% .9 of the ingredients in these brownies are good. 
I mean, good brownies. They're good. Now, I just put in the whole mixture just one teaspoon of something special. Do you want the brownies? Now, before you eat them, think about just one teaspoon of dog poop. How about it? You want to eat them? Yeah, yeah, no way! Now, I know that's weird, that's gross, that's stupid to even tell. What a silly little story. And yet, it's the best way I could get through to my kids that we compromise little bits that affect us on the inside. See, let me ask you something. Are you trying to live this life to see how much you can get away with or how close you can get to God? Are you living this life to be a red-hot lover of God or just an average Joe Smo church member? Because I want to let you know some average Joe Smo hasn't gotten the job done. And here's my goal. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Because when I get to heaven, I'm going to walk in the gate and the angels are going to be like, He's here. He's here. And then they're going like, oh, we've been waiting on you. And here's what I'm going to hear. You were the hungriest man that ever lived on the planet. You went after God. He's here. And the angels are going to celebrate. That's my goal, to get there. I heard once that Smith Wigglesworth said that. I said, oh, I got you. He's dead and gone, so I got a chance now. I'm still here. I'm still here. Boy, yeah. He said, that's just silly. Maybe silly to you. But I want to get there and God said, Chad, Chad Walla, he's here. No one ever loved me on planet earth like you did. No one ever poured themselves out like you on planet earth. No one ever found the key to never giving place to cover up. I shared this with my church one time. One of my youth come up and said, I'll race you. I said, bring it, baby, let's go. It's good competition. I want to know him. Uh, you know, there's a dude in the Bible, his name was Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And toward the end of his life, he writes a little letter to some people. And he says this, I press on that I may know him. What? You don't know him? You wrote all the Bible. You wrote Revelation that we're still trying to figure out. And yet he says, I still, y'all, there's something about it. Like I've seen it, and I've like tasted it, and I've worshipped, and it's all, oh, but I want to know him. John says, we have come to believe that we know him and know that we love him. There's just, there's always a growing into it, right? right amen. But compromise keeps us out of that. Compromise always comes up with new doctrines to explain why things are happening. So he says that there's leaven. This is not hard, is it? It's just, I mean, just a simple message. We're, not, we're good. So leaven. He says leaven. Leaven is usually a symbol of spreading the spreading nature of evil in the Bible. You know, and almost every time you probably heard it taught, they talk about beware of the leaven and the leaven and how it will spread. And it's evil. And we think of, you know, we think of that. Uh, I mean, is there a chance I could get a brownie without some of the, or did it spread all over? I mean, where'd you mix it? No, it's mixed in. Well, I mean, is there, oh, no, no brownie for me. The spreading of evil. It literally means the the thing about leaven, and when you look at the word, is it is it is a bubbling up. No matter where you try to hide it, or how small the amount is, it's going to bubble up. Let me tell you something about your secret hidden sins, and I know none of you have any, but if you happen to have some, 
Let me tell you something. There's a scripture you can't get away from in the Bible. Your sins will find you out. Now, when I was still having my secret sins, I... If I had been sitting here, I would be hyperventilating right now. Because I remember when somebody used to say that, I'd be like, I'm not going to breathe, and please, dear God, is He going to call people out? Like, is He going to name things now? I used to pass out. Like, when I was your age, and they would say a prophet was there, I'd be like, oh, my face, before I went to service. And I was the one leading worship. And I'd be going, oh, God, I repent of everything I ever did or thought about doing. And that time I did this, because I, I didn't want them to call out my name, you. I know the Lord sees what you're doing. <laughs> but let me tell you what I found out about the Lord. He doesn't want to call out your secret sin. He's not mean. He wants to set you free from it. And when I say it'll find you out, I'm not saying that I'm a, and I'll tell you something, I see stuff. I don't want to. I look at people, I have this something that happens and I see neon signs over them. The Lord shows me things. But I would never call that out. My goal in life is not to hurt you, but to help you find this wonderful love affair that I found with Jesus. So I want to help you know that the secret sins, Job said it this way. He said, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully upon a young maiden. He goes on to say, if I had done that, it would have consumed my increase. Some of us don't know why we're losing our increase. It's because our eyes, come on, somebody. It's because of the compromise that we're giving place to. It's because of the little things that we're left. And see, because you can't hide it. You just can't hide it. You can't. And, and so you try to spread it out. Like, okay, I'm not going to do too much evil today. I'll save some for tomorrow. But leaven bubbles up. The thing about leaven, now the interesting thing is when they're talking about this, and we say leaven and we're thinking starch and went down to the market basket. What is it? What is, it? is that what it is here, y'all? Okay, so they went down somewhere and they bought and they bought some yeast, you know. And, but but that's not what they're talking about because they didn't have a store to run down. What they're talking about is more like, have any of you ever heard of starter bread or Amish bread? Or the stuff that you have, you freeze it. And if you ever take it out and you start splitting it and feeding it, before you know it, you've got a hundred of them on your counter and you can't give them away to anybody. <laughs> okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you better hope you never do. And you try to you, you freeze it and you try to put it away. But when you take that stuff out and you start feeding it, it just starts growing. And like, you, if you don't do certain things to it, it'll pop the bag and you come home and it's all over your counter. I know. And that's what this compromise, this eleven that he's talking about. It, it, no matter how hard you try to spread it out or hide it, or, or, or it just bubbles up. It keeps bubbling up. And, and you know how? Uh, oh, oh my God! In church, how sometimes we see that some compromise is there is because you are just mean. You just get mean and crabby, and yeah, I'm just having one of those days. But why are you having a day? Probably because somewhere you've compromised and now you're not running well. Oh, well, we all have bad days. Yeah, we do, but we have truth about how to deal with that. Me having a bad day doesn't give me the right to bite your head off, right? Me having some... You know, I remember a day when what had just happened to Daryl, I would have been like broken the guitar, boom, and hit easy, boom, why'd you let that... Boom, and flip the... Flip the keyboard over and, yeah, you just do it. You're better than me anyway. I guess 
you do lead? I'm helping you to... Man, you must have been really un emotionally unhealthy. Yes! I was very emotionally unhealthy. But, but, when you quit hiding that and say, I'm not going to compromise this anymore. Search my heart, oh God. And is there any place in me the enemy's trying to set me up to fail? Here's the deal. Please hear this. The Lord wants to set you up for success. The Lord wants J-Hop Boston to reach thousands. He wants you to have a building that can sit and hold more people so that thousands of people can find this liberty. And so we can't compromise one ounce. Not as a ministry and not as individuals. Sitting right here are the leaders of those thousands. And so no compromise. I'm just not going to do it. Search my heart, Lord. What is it you're trying to set me up to succeed in that the enemy's trying to set me up to fail in? I want your path. I want your path, God. Now listen, leaven, it, it literally means in the Greek, it is the spreading influence of what is typically concealed. The spreading influence of what is typically concealed. And here's the beautiful thing. When I just lay it out before God, God, I'm not concealing anything. I'm coming before you. I'm coming before you. And I'm not talking about on Sunday afternoons at church. I'm talking on Monday morning, on yeah. Monday at noon, on yeah. Tuesday at four. I'm talking anytime I feel like I need to. Lord, something doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm off course. I'm I'm, I wanted to shoot that person just for no reason. Something doesn't feel right. I wanted to, I, that person that went, I just wanted to run them over. I don't know, Lord. I'm feeling something's not, I'm not, not copacetic. Help me, help me, help me get this back in line. Lord, search my heart. Show me where I've compromised. I don't want any leaven in my life. And so it's this concealed thing, but it's still very dramatic even though it's concealed. Now listen, Matthew 16, 5-12. Matthew 16, 5-12. Apologize ahead of time, I'm going to read a, a, a pretty long passage here. Hang with me, we're almost done. Matthew 16, 5-12. I should never apologize no. for reading the Word, should I? No, that was bad for me. I rebuke myself. <laughs> Are y'all having fun still? Yes. Alright. Right. Praise God. Go. Praise God. Matthew 16, 5-12. When the disciples reached the other side, they had, gotten to, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they began to discuss it among themselves, saying, We brought no bread. He says something about leaven, and all they think is, Oh, dudes, we forgot the bread. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some shark cats, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> if you want to hear my thoughts on Jesus' leadership, next Saturday, we're going to have a big time with that. I mean, he's been teaching these guys. And he says, well, I'll take this as a teachable moment. Watch out. Beware. The leaven of the Pharisees. Oh, dude, who forgot the bread? <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus, aware of this, said, Oh, you of little faith. What? Okay, he, this, every time they didn't get something, Jesus always said this, Oh, you of little faith. What? What? Little? But you just, the leavened bread, out of, what? Mm. Oh, 
you have little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the five thousand? How, how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I speak about? Do you hear what he's saying? You, you really, you, you just thought I was talking about I'm, I, I fed with a little snack pack thousands of people. And you guys now are worried about not having enough bread. You, you thought that was like a one-time miracle? I did it twice. And you don't think I can do that again? Not getting it. He says, and how is it then that you fail to understand that I do not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood. Then, I don't know why all of a sudden, I guess he said, Holy Spirit, help me, please. <laughs> then, oh, you're talking about something else. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He says, what I'm talking about, this leaven, this compromise, what I'm talking about, this thing that is concealed, what I'm talking about is there is some teaching that they are giving you and it's going to produce something in you that you're not going to like. It's going to get you off course. So what is the leaven of the Pharisees? Let me just tell you quickly some of the things that the, this would represent. It would be unbiblical doctrines. The, the Pharisees and Sadducees came up with all kind of rules and regulations and things. And please, before you throw too many stones at them, remember that they were going after God. They were the righteous men of their day. And they were doing everything. They were the religious ones who were going full-hearted after God. But Jesus said to them, y'all going hard, but y'all ain't going nowhere. Y'all always trying to learn, but you ain't learned anything. Sorry, I said ain't in Boston. <laughs> you ain't, I almost said you ain't learned nothing, but I stopped it with anything. So, half credit, teacher. <laughs> Unbiblical doctrines. Extra biblical revelations. Listen, when somebody in my church comes to me and says, Pastor, I know this isn't in the Bible, but the Lord has shown me something. I go, boom, whoop, shoot. Stop. If it ain't in the Bible and the Lord showed it to you, keep it to yourself. <laughs> well, Pastor, everything's not in the Bible. Yeah, I know the Bible doesn't tell me to go to the bathroom. I've got enough sense to know to do that. I'm not talking about natural things. But I'm telling you, some people scare me because they get, Lord, the Lord's given me biblical revelation that is beyond the Bible. He's speaking things to me and showing me. <laughs> I'm writing a new epistle. Go, good for you. I don't want to read it. <laughs> Why? Are you being ugly, Pastor? Let me tell you something. I've been at this, studying it, for almost 30 years. And every time I go to it, it's fresh and new to me. It is the revealed Word of God. The One who became flesh and dwelt among us is revealed on every page from Genesis to Revelation. And, and I love it. I had a young man recently, he was sitting with me and we were talking about some of his difficulties and problems. And he said, Pastor, you know, sometimes I don't come on Sunday because the stuff you teach, I've heard it all. I said, what did you just say to me? I, I kind of want to hit you in the mouth. You just said to your pastor, you've heard it all. Son, you still wet behind your ears and talking about you, I ain't even heard it all. I mean, I'm still, I've 
those sometimes. Huh? Did you know that scripture? Melinda, call my wife. Have you ever read the scripture? I didn't know this was in here. I see new things. Why? Because it becomes alive to me. It becomes real to me. It is a dangerous thought to think you've got all this down. If you have, I need to sit down and let you teach. I don't have it all. Come on. Because there, this is like a gold mine. You can scrape some gold off and go, look at me, aren't I rich? But man, you stick, dig your shovel down in there, you get you some more and keep digging. Oh, every time I read John 3.16, I find something new. And I memorize that in vacation Bible school. But I get something new. Come on. It's so rich. You don't need extra biblical revelation. There's enough Heavy, heavy, right inside of this. There's enough revelation of Christ throughout this Word that will keep me busy for a lifetime and a few more. Amen? Amen. The next thing was they perverted the truth. They perverted the truth. I am serious about grace. Oh my goodness. I love grace. I kind of have this thing about grace. I'm saved by it. I'm being perfected by it. I'm being delivered by it. It is teaching me how to say no to ungodliness so I can live upright in this godly age and, and serve Him. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the beginning and end of everything for me. Grace, right? I love grace. I've been studying and getting more revelation of grace. Man, I drink grace straight. I don't mix it with nothing. I, I get up every morning and say, I need a drink of grace today. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Ephesians, he said, to each one that has a gift, grace was given according to the measure of that gift. That means if the gift is this big, the drink of grace is that big. It covers it. And grace is the operational power of God in me to do what He's called me to do. I love grace. I love grace. I can't talk about it enough. I can I could start preaching right now. You could come back next Sunday and I'd still be talking about grace. It's so beautiful. It is so full. And I know people. I know people who've taken the doctrine of grace and perverted it. Here's what they said. Because God has forgiven us and grace abounds, therefore. I can smoke any kind of weed I want because God made it all. And I do it just to calm myself. I can drink as much of anything I want. In fact, I have a dear friend who had a struggle, a certain struggle, and he got a revelation of grace, supposedly, he left his wife and nine kids to go live a different lifestyle because God loves him and he can be whoever he is. God does love you and you can be whoever you want to be, but you cannot go against his word. Come on, somebody. I know it's not popular preaching, but when you pervert the doctrines of the truth, when you pervert grace... When you pervert grace, you are letting the leaven of the Pharisees in and it will destroy you. doesn't matter how much you hide it, it will destroy you. So the enemy loves to put a little bit of compromise into the truth to try to get us off track. I've watched people, and, and, and somebody said to me one time, Pastor, I think maybe you take grace too far. I don't think you can take it too far. I don't think you take it, but you can 
pervert it. There's a big difference. When you say, man, I didn't do anything I walked. I, I had somebody tell me, we don't even need to preach salvation because everybody's going to be saved. Grace has saved everyone, so we're all saved anyway. But, oh, you, you're not living in my world because I know some people that ain't saved at all. I'm pretty sure. I mean, <laughs> whoo, come on. Well, in the end, Pastor, well, you see, where, where do you find that? I mean, you've got to throw away some scriptures in the Bible to get to that conclusion. Come on. And the full counsel of the Word of God teaches us. Okay, so anyway, you got me. So you can't pervert truth. Then the other thing with the Pharisees and Sadducees was dead works and legalism. Dead works and legalism. Dead works means you are trying to do something to get favor from God. A dead work is a work that doesn't produce life. See, I'm all about fasting. I'm all about praying. I'm all about seeking. I'm all I, I do all of it. I'm like Paul, probably more than all y'all. But I don't do it to earn anything. I do it because I am so madly in love with Jesus. Have y'all found Him to be as awesome as I have? Oh, oh my gosh, He has transformed my life. He has set me free. He has made me beautiful. I rock. My life, i got a smoking hot wife. I'm pushing 50. And I drive a Kia Soul. I know. Don't be hating. I'm just telling you, I found Jesus to be incredibly awesome and so sweet to me. I mean, this is how much God loves me. Every day He does little things for me. I'm telling you, you get to know Him in an intimate way. He loves to play with you. He loves to... Sh he does stuff for me. Twice today. Will, did you have planned... I just have to question. Did you have planned to sing Holy Anointed One? Um, no, I sang it this morning. Okay, so see, that song was what we were singing when I first met you. Really? Is that crazy or what? See, you don't get it. Papa, my daddy, my God, my heavenly father, too big to be contained by the universe, likes to mess with me. So sweet. So sweet. So sweet. So the enemy tries to put compromise, but God wants to, he's got a course for us. He wants to get us somewhere. He wants to do something in our lives. And so, whether you understand it or not, we must not allow the enemy to pervert truth or allow any compromise in our heart. Amen? Amen. No compromise. Now, let me take you somewhere I've never heard anybody take this message. One last scripture. Luke 13, 20-21. Because I've heard people teach about this probably much better than I just did about how we should not allow compromise and leaven and all that. But let's take leaven in a different direction. Now, Luke 13, 20-21. And again, he said... To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven. Wait, no, the kingdom of God? Can we, I thought that, remember now, the definition of leaven is not something bad. It's just something that might be hidden that will bubble to the top. For anybody who would say, silent seeds, what's that going to change? Oh, we're putting some leaven out there. If anybody says, going down to Harvard Square, how are you going to change them? you just down there playing music? you think playing music is going to change somebody? Oh, I'm just pouring out a little leaven. Yeah. Come on. 
you, you, so you, you, you sit here in this house and y'all pray and you just, you think it's changing. Oh, we're just spilling some leaven. Don't worry. We just hide. We just hiding a little leaven. And, and so y'all walk on the college campus and you're like, oh, Lord. You just, you just, you kind of mumbling the prayer. How do you think that's going to, you walk on, you think you're going to change something by walking down the street and praying? I'm just spilling some leaven. I'm just pouring out a little leaven of heaven. I apologize. That was totally wrong. The last thing you need to see is a middle-aged white man try to rap. My, my, my poor daughter would be scarred. Y'all have to take her to some ministry. Please lead her to healing. So he said, it is like leaven that a woman took and hid, hid in three measures of flour until it was all leaven. Oh, Jesus was sown into the earth. The kingdom of heaven is like Jesus that was sown into the earth. And is it making a difference? Oh, hold on. It's making a difference because it's bubbling to the top. It's bubbling to me. It's bubbling in you. And the kingdom of heaven is taking over and it's pouring off the counters and it is fixing to invade. There is a revival coming to this town that will shake the foundations of education. There are people that are about to get their faces rubbed off by the Holy Spirit. God is moving and it's because Listen, I've been coming to New England since 1995 declaring revival over this region. And, and this lady has been laboring and she birthed in the ministry these two. And they've been laboring. And prophets and pastors and people and apostles have been praying and pouring leaven out. And you may think, what's happened to it? And why, why don't we see change? Oh, be quiet. Listen, because something's bubbling up. There's leaven bubbling up and change is happening. And I refuse to compromise one ounce. I've got my eyes set on the mark. This is about to get good. <laughs> Do not underestimate the amount of small changes made for the kingdom of heaven. You're sitting here tonight. Oh, you're preaching real pretty, Pastor. I like how you got real emotional. But you don't know where I'm at. Here's all I'm saying. If small compromises can lead you astray, I dare you to make some small changes toward the kingdom. <laughs> like if you're attending no prayer sets, dare you to come to one. I mean, if you're not praying at all, how about how about just one day a week you start? That little bit of leaven will start doing something in you. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Just a little bit. And all of a sudden, because I promise you, if you come and you sit in a prayer set, and all of a sudden you hear the cries of the people, and you feel the heart of God, something will happen to you. You say, I don't feel it. I mean, I, I come around here and pray, and then people are like, ah, so I ain't into all that. All right, just, okay, just hush. Just come and lay in the floor and take a nap. Just come. I, I, y'all might, I might be 
If you have to correct me after, that's alright. Just come and lay here and be quiet and let the Lord pour leaven into you from the prayers. Because you are what they're praying for. You are part of their prayers. They just want to get some leaven and stuff. The reason they give... Why would anybody give up their life to come here? Because leaven has worked inside of them. And the kingdom of heaven has over. Taking them. I love the songs that talk about His love has ravished my heart and taken me over. I love all the songs that talk about taking me over. I just, just, because I want Him to take me, I want to live possessed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so full of the love of God. So I want to be ooey gooey. I want to be that yeast bag that's just popped open and love just pours out. Punch Him and love comes out. Amen. <laughs> What was sown into the earth, Jesus sown into the world, will eventually change everything. Uh, hold on, I gotta look at, I gotta see that day for a minute. Oh, it's gonna be good when we stand with him. And he says, uh, "Lucifer, come," and he kicks him in the behind into the lake of fire, and everything will be set right. See, Jesus was sown into the earth; the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he now is seated at the right hand of God. But that leaven, the word, the, the incorruptible seed sown into the earth is still working in us. And it's changing men's life and setting us free. Leaven literally comes from a root word that means to raise. And what is being raised up in us is Christ. Now my question for you is simply this. What is being raised up in you? If something's being raised up to you, the Lord needs to touch, let Him touch it. And then just smather it with the leaven of heaven. <laughs> Lord, just pour grace out on me. I need your grace to change. I need your grace. I don't want any compromise. That's the challenge for us tonight. No compromise, Lord. I just want... I'm not waiting to get to heaven to hear, Well done, that good and faithful servant. I want to hear it tonight. Right now. I want to hear that I'm doing good. I'm running well. I don't want to be hindered. Can you make that choice tonight? I don't want to be... We're all in different races. Because uh, I'm close to the finish line. She's closer. But I'm, but I'm close. Right? Right? And I know some of you, some of you are just getting started. Maybe some of you hadn't even gotten the race yet. Boy, tonight would be a good night to get in the race. You say, what race? The race where you are surrendered to Jesus. And you say, yeah, okay, I get it. You've rented and raved. I just want to know Him. Then tonight, you can get in the race and you can start running with Him. He's got something, he's got a purpose for you, he loves you with everlasting love. That's why the whole cross thing, the whole cross thing was about some mad rough love that God has for you. He loves you with so much love that he poured out his life for you. Paid your debt and now offers you freedom. Isn't that beautiful? For me, he did that, yes, for us. And now I can run this race well. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can I just pray for you? Thank you for these precious people. God, I'm the most blessed man in the world to get to stand in front of these beautiful people and unveil your word and share love with them. Thank you for my dear friends. I pray that this word that they've heard tonight will burn inside of them and that more people will rise up saying, I don't want any compromise. I just want Jesus. Lord, I bless my friends. I pray for the ones in here who, who are, 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 are maybe in the valley of deciding, do I want Jesus? Do I believe? Do I want? 
I pray, Lord, that you would draw them with your everlasting yes, love and your kindness and your sweetness and the ooey goodness of heaven. Pour out over them right now and prove to them how real you are, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. close for a little bit. Oh, was that a good word or what? It's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just want to give uh, some time to see if the Holy Spirit wants to do anything amongst us in accordance to the word that was just preached. Just bear with us and wait a little bit.